Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. What is up, Delaware County, and welcome back for episode 20 of Delco baseball now my name is brendan ricciardi and we finally have division one college baseball games to talk about this week on the show uh, i've spent a lot of time this offseason just kind of trying to get filler episodes do different interviews kind of do more in depth you know trying to find out like more about these guys more off the field but now we have finally been able to see what is going on on the field uh, and we're going to talk about that throughout this episode here I do not have an interview for this week. I want to try and do as many as I can, but the reality of the situation is I still have my own season. I have my own classes. I have, uh, for those who don't know too much about Penn State and what THON is, it's, it's basically a 46-hour straight like dance marathon where people will represent organizations they're in. For me, it's club baseball. Uh, I was not one of the dancers, but I was there. They will stand up for 46 straight hours. They're not allowed to sit down, not allowed to sleep, not allowed to do anything like that in order to raise money for childhood cancer. So that was this weekend. Starts Friday afternoon at 6, goes all the way through Sunday afternoon at 4. So if you read any article that I did throughout this weekend, it was most likely written in the stands of the Penn State basketball stadium where our group was because as you can imagine, there's a lot of free time during those 46 hours where at, at times you're you're pretty much just standing there and trying to fend your section off from other people trying to, you know, invade it because you're running out of people because, you know, you're you're there at crazy hours in the morning uh, and and all throughout the night. But an awesome cause. Uh, I can't, you know, can't speak highly enough of, of Thon and, and what that means for Penn State students and their families. I mean, just as as a Penn State club, you know, baseball and our partner field hockey, we raised over 40 grand. But Thon as a whole raised 15 million dollars for childhood cancer. So that's my, my quick spiel on that. Uh, also, the, really, the reason I wasn't able to do an interview because I just didn't have the time to do it. But that's something that we'll definitely get into throughout the course of the season. But for now, it's just going to be me rambling about <laughs> different different college baseball things that uh, I found enjoyable, mostly coming from our Delco natives. So let's start off here. Friday afternoon, first college baseball game of the season that I watched at the D1 level was uh, Friend Central alum Justin Rubin. He's a Bryn Mawr native. He plays for the University of Virginia, and they absolutely clobbered Navy. Like, you could honestly consider it a terrorist attack just how much they dropped bombs on Navy, like Jesus, 24 to five, they scored these 24 runs in the first five innings, including a 14 run inning. 
And it, it, it was a game that I didn't even know this was possible for a game to be called after seven innings. So uh, a little bit a little bit surprising to say the least. The offense was in full effect. Justin went one for two in this game. Uh, and they obviously did not need too much more of that. They pulled a lot of their starters early. He also went one for three against UNCW. This Virginia team looks awesome. Their, their offense looks great. I know last year part of their issues was pitching. But this is a team that was in Omaha just two years ago. Uh, shout out Chris Newell and uh, Malvern Prep guy right there playing center field for them that year. If I had to say that there's a, there's one team that you know has a Delco you know b- baseball alum on it that has the best chance to make it to Omaha this year, it has to be Virginia. Tom Kane in Maryland is definitely a good you know a good bet as well. But just based on Virginia's track record as a program and the competition that you know that they'll see throughout the year, I think they'll be ready for it. So great weekend for Justin and UVA. Also on Friday night we had. Probably the biggest, if not second biggest, upset of the weekend. We had Elon taking down Kentucky. That was a 2-0 shutout win. We have media native Liam DeBoggin, also a Malvern Prep guy. Uh, Tristan Corcoran, another guy on that team from Malvern Prep. But DeBoggin, lefty reliever, threw two shutout innings, did not let up a base runner. Just awesome performance to, to get a big win for their program. Like People, I think, underestimate a bit how important some of those wins are because in in sense of recruiting when you have players that are interested in playing at a school like elon like a mid-major school you wonder well how will we potentially compete against some of the best in the nation and playing a team in the sec in the first weekend is a great way to do that and winning that game is is a big thing for the team as well and Kentucky ended up winning the last two games to take the series, but it's more about the fact that you're showing that you can compete with these teams and you have a chance to make the tournament. And that's what I think Elon is hopefully, you know, telling themselves they accomplished. And I can't show this over the air because this is all audio and not video. But if you had the chance, look up Elon's Sunday uniforms, unbelievable uniforms. They were gold with red pinstripes. It's a it's a daring combo, if I might say so myself, but I think they looked awesome and uh, look good, feel good, play good, right? But Elon, good performance there. Liam DeBoggin had a great year out of the pen last year for Elon. Uh, looks looks like he's ready to do the same thing again, and, and that's the cool thing about being able to follow a team like Elon where you know a, a lefty reliever can be used in any game at any time. So always going to have to stay tuned there. Our other big upset of the weekend was St. Joe's because St. Joe's, I, I put this in the article as well. If you're going to lose the first game of a, a series 16 nothing, I feel like a lot of teams will kind of just roll over and be like, all right, well, you know, we, we know where we stand compared to the team we're playing. We know that there's probably not going to be much going our way this weekend, and they could kind of just, you know, f- almost feel bad for themselves. You're a small, smaller A10 school on the road playing an ACC team in the first week of the season. And to get beat up like that is tough. It's it's tough to come back from. But the next day, they came back. They lost a tough 2-1 to one game. And they weren't satisfied. They weren't satisfied with the idea of just being, you know, close when you're, you're going all the way down there to play. And this is a team with just Delco guys all across the board. Max Hitman was the star of the third game where they were able to win and come well actually they they were up for nothing they blew it but then they ended up winning an extras so definitely a, a 
much better vibe on the bus or plane or whatever they took home, uh, knowing that you're able to steal that game. And, you know, it's the it's a similar thing with Elon where it's like you got to take your, you know, your victories when you get them. And what I mean by that is if you had told St. Joe's going down there that, you know, you're only going to win one of the three games, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that they would just be happy about that. But I think that showing that you can beat that team, no matter what game of the series is and who's playing, is really important. And it's a it's a tournament resume booster. Should they not win the A10 but have a good regular season, those wins can go a long way. So definitely our big two upsets of the weekend there. We also had a couple of other good Division One performances, also Division Two performances. And, and I think I said on the last show, I'm going to do my best to keep track of all levels, but... On, on weekends like this where I just don't have the time to be able to keep track of all these levels, I, I kind of just want to have the focus on D1. And, of course, like if I look down and see like Andrew Yates hit three homers for Widener, well, sure, I'm going to you know add that in there. But it's hard to seek out all of the guys that we have playing. So uh, very D1 heavy this week, especially because the opening weekend. Uh, let's keep things rolling here. Rhode Island is a team I want to talk about as a team that has really been getting a lot of guys from Delco, and especially for a school that is not exactly close to here. You have Eric Genther, Haverford School graduate. He is in his second year. Michael Anderson, Bonner graduate, freshman. Calvin McCall, Haverford School guy as well. And they had Don Bacone last year, but he was now the opening day starter for St. Joe's. A little little 8-10 rivalry there once, uh, once they take on each other. But Genther and Anderson just brought the bats out all weekend. And Anderson, he was on Narberth in the Delco League this summer, so I got to see him whenever they would play Wayne. Uh, I knew of him more as a pitcher, but I didn't realize the kind of bat that he had until I actually got to see him in person because you know it's hard to follow high school when it's not televised and, and you're away from home. So getting to see his bat, when he took Chris Murphy yard in the Delco League, uh, I think that was the quarterfinals maybe you know I realized like all right this kid's legit and Rhode Island sees the same thing it's how many times do you have a freshman starting at first base it's not that common but when they have a huge day on Saturday two doubles driving in four runs and you know when you combine that with Eric Genther driving in two runs with you know one with a solo homer and one with a single that's six out of 13 runs being knocked in by Delco guys these headlines are writing themselves. I really do appreciate when our Delco guys have big weekends like that. Uh, it, it makes my job a lot easier just to you know, showcase what, what they're doing. And that was a nice win over Sam Houston State. They dropped the final game of the series uh, to go home with only one win. But it's you know it's still good when you're going down south. Uh, you know Those Northeast teams, you haven't really played, arguably you haven't even played on a field because it's so cold. Uh, that your some of your first experiences actually being outside are these games, and just showing that you're ready to compete is important. So those guys had great weekends. Anderson another two hit game, and um, and it, and it goes back to to St. Joe's too. Like there's a lot of A10 baseball players from Delco. You got guys from St. Bonnie's, St. Joe's, uh, Richmond. Uh, obviously we, we just were talking about Rhode Island. Like there are a lot of guys that will soon be playing against each other, which is exactly what I want to see for content purposes. Um, you know, the, the Delco pitcher, Delco batter 
I mean, that's the dream for my sake. I win either way, especially when Cam and Alden Mathis faced each other last year. It's like, all right, well, as long as something, you know, entertaining happens, I win. So I uh, love to see that. All right, let's keep rolling on here. Uh, I really do apologize if I butcher this one. I, I mean, in my defense, this is an, an a brutal last name to try and say. Uh, Jake Jazic, I think. All right, so we got J-A-S-Z-C-Z. Anytime a last name ends with Z-C-Z, I don't think it's on me if I pronounce it wrong. But either way, Jake had a big weekend in his first college baseball action. Jake plays for Holy Cross in Massachusetts. They went to take on Purdue, and Jake had three hits uh, in their in their win on Saturday against Purdue. I mean, your, your first taste of college baseball coming against a Power 5 team in Purdue, getting the chance to start and taking advantage of it is awesome to see. Uh, he's an Episcopal Academy grad that has really, you know, just taken advantage of the opportunity. And that's, it's really been a common theme this weekend. We've seen a lot of freshmen Anderson getting, you know, getting the chance to play Jazic, uh, more guys that we'll, we'll talk about throughout the process of this episode. But I mean, if as speaking as someone who struggled a lot freshman year, like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you, especially if you're the only freshman, uh, on your team, that's, that's starting in the lineup, you know, there's a lot of eyes on you. And college baseball is is just as tough mentally as it is physically, especially in your first year. So Jake had a big weekend. Another first-year guy having a big weekend. Dylan Can, Marple Newtown grad, NJIT infielder. They took on Davidson. And Davidson, I feel like probably isn't really a household name in, in terms of college baseball. But Davidson did not lose a single series the entire season last year. They are also in the A-10. They were the one seed in the tournament. They did not win the A-10 tournament, uh, but they were the one seed. And they let NJIT come in and take two out of three games against them. NJIT also has Andrew Elcock from Haverford High. Uh, hit with him all throughout the winter. And, you know, it's it's big to be able to go down south and beat those teams, especially take the series against a team with that kind of track record is awesome. And they are going to come back and play that same Purdue team that Jazz has just played uh, with Holy Cross. So that'll be another good test to see where they stand. But Dylan Can had a great summer with Narberth. He had a great season last year with Marple. Uh, he ripped two hits, a couple of runs batted in in that NJIT win there. And hopefully he's putting himself in a position to keep getting time going forward. You know, freshman infielder, and you're not necessarily expected to you know, be a, a force with the bat, right? Like, you know, your your job is pretty much at that point to be good defensively, if, especially if you're a little lower in the order. They had him, uh, I believe, sixth when I checked there. So really good to see that as well. We also had a good amount of D2 action this weekend. We had uh, Westchester University taking on Clarion. That was on Saturday. Joe Sperone and Andrew Cantwell. Uh, it was a doubleheader. So Joe Sperone started the first game. He was dominant. The Cardinal O'Hara grad, five shutout innings, picked up right where he left off last year. He played a little in the Delco League last summer, but he was down in the Coastal Plains League. He has really, really just gotten better every year of his college career, and the numbers show for it as well. Uh, he started the first game. He got the win in that one. The second game, Andrew Cantwell came in relief through four strong innings. I think he only let up one run, and Westchester was able to sweep the doubleheader. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about the uh, the bats that we have in Delco. Maybe just coming from my uh, my background as as a hitter, not trust me, not uh, not as a pitcher, but having the ability to 
just completely demoralize your opponents. Uh, that was, you know, maybe kids from Claren might not even know what Delco is, uh, but you know, <laughs> they certainly were having were having issues with them this weekend. Westchester is a top ten team in the Division Two level. They made the Final Four last year. They as well have a boatload of Delco talent because outside of Andrew Cantwell, you have his older brother Luke, another outfielder, another Marple guy. You have Kyle Laser went to Bonner. Johnny Demucci uh, also went to Bonner. I think that that's everybody uh, for for now. If, I, I apologize if I missed anybody, but still, I mean, that's a good chunk of guys from Delco on this team. All are going to have big roles for this Rams team as they go through a brutal PSAC schedule. I would love to get the chance to see them take on like Millersville or Bloomsburg uh, this year. Let's see if we'll able to make that happen. But staying in the PSAC, we also have Zach Tropiano. Springfield grad, another Narberth Mudcat. It was a great weekend for the Narberth Mudcats, uh, if I might say so myself. But uh, Trobiana had two hits for Kutztown, also against Clarion. So they were also down in Virginia the same way. I think it's kind of interesting that they're having PSAC teams play each other. Uh, I know they're east and west, but having them play each other while they're down in uh, Virginia was was pretty funny to me. I guess you're probably not going to see them again unless it's the playoffs. But Regardless, uh, great job by Zach to get those two hits out of the way and hopefully earn himself more playing time going forward. I saw the Springfield baseball account tweet tweet something about that. Uh, so, you know, those high schools that like to, you know, recognize their players it helps me out a lot too. So so I can kind of just be, you know, laying down scrolling Twitter and able to, to have right in front of me what everybody's been doing and, and make my job a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, if there's anything I took from this weekend, it's that the A-10 in Division One level and the PSAC conference in the Division Two level are going to be absolute wars, and Delco's going to be right in the middle of it, like always. So definitely, definitely excited for that. All right, let's tie some loose ends here. Uh, some other notable performances. Kevin Henrick made his college debut. He plays for North Alabama. They took on Milwaukee. Kevin threw two innings, only let up one run. Good performance by him. You know, just seeing a lot of these guys being able to handle the nerves that they're they're faced is really impressive. Because I, I actually watched a little bit of that North Alabama game, and I think Kevin let up a walk, maybe a base hit, like a wild pitch. Like he got into a little trouble, but he was able to bear down, get out of it, and just you know keep his head screwed on, which is not always easy as a freshman. You can really let that pressure get to you. Uh, so good job by Kevin there, uh, North Alabama. We also had Josh Hankins. Drove in five runs in a series this weekend. They played St. Peter's. So a couple Delco guys uh, with Josh for Coppin State, Darren Hagen for Coppin State, Colin Jensen plays for St. Peter's. Uh, so I think that was our first Delco on Delco action of the Division One level this year. And Josh had a good weekend. I think three for 12 total, but you'll take driving in five runs in, in three games any day of the week. Uh, Coppin State in a new conference this year. A lot of new competition. We'll see how they fare. This upcoming weekend, is going to be huge for them because they go to all the way across the country from, I think, compensation in Baltimore. So from Baltimore to Oregon State, they are going to be playing the Beavers, another college baseball, you know, I don't know if I called them the Blue Blood, but they're, you know, they're a team that's in the mix a lot. They've won a couple championships in our lifetime already. So uh, that's, it's weird because a lot of the times that you have a weekend like that early in the season where you're playing an elite team, you're probably going south. Like it might be, colder in Oregon than it is in Maryland uh so 
either way, you're, you're getting the chance to play an elite team and see where you compare. And for a Coppin State team that made it to regionals last year, kind of got it handed to them by East Carolina, uh, hung in there, had a really good game with Coastal Carolina. These are the games that help build your program up because one way or another, they let you know where you stand. And that's really what it's all about. So uh, we'll be keeping tabs with them. We got a couple of good matchups next week as well that I will take a look at and really get into a little bit later. Uh, this is the first of what I'm I'm hoping will be a consistent schedule of of like podcasts where I kind of think that the best way to do it is probably by having one episode come out on Mondays and one episode come out on Fridays. So to be able to do that, I could do something like having, you know, the the college baseball games recapped, you know, you got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, recap those games on Monday. Now, for the most part, high school baseball, at least in my experience for the Central League, it was Monday, you know, Tuesday and Thursday, or maybe Monday, Wednesday and Thursday. I only remember playing maybe one game on a Friday. I think it was non-conference, uh, one on a Saturday that was like a rain out. Like, it's not exactly common, uh, at least for the public schools. I think the private schools might have more weekend games uh, than the public schools do. But either way, like, the main idea would be that I would preview the high school baseball week and recap the college baseball week on, like, a Monday. And then when Friday comes, have it be vice versa. Like, I would recap what happened on Monday through Thursday of high school and then on Friday morning, that episode would come out previewing what to expect for the college baseball games during the weekend. And I think that would be a good mix. I think that would be really the best way to do it. Uh, I mean, interviews, it's its something that I definitely want to do. It's just very difficult to try and plan around. Maybe have something where I could be like, you know, one of the two episodes a week is an interview because it's tough. Like, you think about it logistically, you know, if I want an episode out Monday and you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And I see like, Oh, like, you know, for example, like Eric Genther had a big weekend and you know, I, I want to do an interview. And then I realized, well, yeah, they're, they're flying back, you know, from Texas to Rhode Island. Like, you know, an interview isn't really feasible if, you know, they're, they're flying back and they also have, you know, their own stuff to do that, you know, non-baseball related, whatever. So, uh, for right now, we're going to get them as, as often as we can. might be a little bit easier to do one per week. But, you know, it's 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 kind of a fluid situation. I mean, while I'm still in school, this is, is as good as, you know, I can do. Like, I, I want to put as much out there. But I also don't want to rush content and, and have it be, you know, lacking. I don't want to make stupid mistakes. Like, when I typed in San Houston instead of Sam Houston on the Rhode Island headline because I was, you know suffering from uh, sleep exhaustion this weekend. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about recognition and trying to give all of these guys the recognition they deserve because of all the hard work they put in and, you know, all the countless hours they spend in the weight room, in the cages, on the field, you know, even in the classroom to be eligible to be able to play is really important. And they deserve the recognition that comes from it. And if you know, I can even have one person, you know, see uh, an article or a tweet and be like, oh, like, you know, this looks pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to tune into the next time, like, NJIT plays and the next time Rhode Island plays or, you know, maybe they play each other at some point. Like, something like that just to kind of, I don't even want to say build a community because the community 
of Delco baseball has existed for a long time, way before me, and you know has always been there. But what I want to accomplish here is I want it to be all like tied together. Like I kind of want to be almost like, I guess the pinnacle would probably be the word, like where everybody, you know, is brought together by it. Like the, you know, the, the reason that, you know, there's a platform, I guess the platform for it would be the best way I, I could describe it. And once high school starts, there'll be, you know, post-game graphics like I did for the Delco league this summer. And uh, it's going to be, it's gonna be pretty busy, but I'm looking forward to getting after it. That's really all I have for this episode here. I uh, covered a lot of the D1 and D2. Next week, like I said, I will try and do my best to get more Division Three uh, and JUCO action in here as well. But as always, uh, please feel free to DM me. My own personal Twitter account is at BP Ricciardi, but the Delco Baseball Now Instagram and Twitter DMs and Facebook, for that matter, are all open as well. Follow that at Delco Baseball for both Twitter and Instagram. I believe uh, Facebook is just Delco Baseball Now. You can find uh, the podcast as well as the articles that I'll be writing on DelcoBaseballNow.com. I kind of redid the website a little bit, make it easier to, to see on mobile and have the, the stories on the front page, which is something that I've been trying to do for a little while. So definitely go check that out. Make sure to follow along. This is the first of many baseball weekends that we're going to be seeing throughout the season and I hope you will follow along. All right, as always, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.